BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Stansberry Radio Network. So I don't usually do intros on these podcasts, but I just want to introduce you to Nick Magalis. His book, Mega Weird, just came out. But what's really interesting about Nick is he's an expert at the artistic medium of Vine. Now, if you don't know what Vine is, uh, it's a format, a video format uh, owned by Twitter, which allows you to make six-second videos. It's like the YouTube of Twitter. And uh, it's really hard to make a six-second video. So I was really curious about Nick's creative process. He um, has had over 500 million views on his vines 500 million and uh he his, i think his company makes over seven figures a year uh doing vine videos and i've tried to get better at vine videos myself and it's really hard to make a six second video and there's some editing capabilities uh so i wanted to ask him about it I wanted to ask him about his creative process how he monetizes it and i wanted to ask him about his book and his background so that's the intro. Here's Nick. Nick Magalis, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, I, I don't know if many people know who you are, but I will say you are a Vine superstar. And Vine, maybe some people don't know what that is. That's the uh, almost like the YouTube of Twitter. It's these, these six-second videos that uh, Twitter owns Vine, and it uh, allows creative expression in just six seconds. I've never heard anything like that before until Twitter created it. And, uh, and you're like, are you the most, uh, would you say you're the most popular person on, on Vine? Would I say that? Yes. Yeah, so we have about would 4 I million followers. Uh, I, I mean, my mother would say that for <laughs> sure. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what popular means. I mean, yeah, it's, if it's, it's a numbers game, there's people with more followers than I have. Uh, but you know, you, you also get, you have a lot of engagement. Being, like in, in terms of being awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sorry, go ahead. it's true. You have a lot of, you have like tens of thousands of comments on your vines. Like, do you ever get disappointed if you do a six second video and I don't know, some metric doesn't work out. Like you don't get enough, uh, loops or comments or engagement or whatever. Do I freak out? Or, or do you, is there some metric by which you judge whether uh, this was good or this was not good? Like, do you judge uh, these videos? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, look, I, I make I make videos so that I don't uh, have a nervous breakdown. And what does that uh, what I does make, that mean? Like, do you feel like I make stuff so that I can? Ah. Uh, it's hard to explain. It's, I mean, you know, I, I, I make, I, I make stuff, James. That's what I do. I, I make videos. I make music. I'm a writer. Uh, I got, I make sandwiches. And I, I think that, you know, I just, it, it kind of is ingrained in me. Um, I come from a, a family of artists and just general, uh, Greek, uh, obsessive compulsive, uh, weirdos people. And that's, you know, that's my, my life has been just creating stuff so that I don't go insane. And every day, hopefully, hopefully, I think every day I'm closer and closer to not losing my mind. Does well, that make sense? 
Yes, because I just read your book, uh, Mega Weird, Stories from the Anxiety-Ridden Mind of Nicholas Megalis. And one thing that really impressed me and kind of blew me away is that your dad illustrated the book. And he's he was amazing. Like It's like a Picasso illustrated your book. He's, yeah, and he, you know, and it didn't come cheap. I mean, Greeks are, whatever. I'm not going to get into it. But, the, you know, my dad, no, I'm kidding. My dad, you know, <laughs> this was an opportunity for my dad and I to collaborate on a level other than just being, uh, you know, born from his loins. Well, uh, did, you know, I... Did you guys oh, get into fights? Did you guys get into fights? Or, like, what is it? I don't think I ever would have been I, able to work with my dad. Um... I don't I, look now. I, I don't know how 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 close how close you are with, with your father, but I mean, working working with my dad is very easy because we have a similar. We're on a similar wavelength. Uh, my mother is more brutal and tells me when things suck, and it's just you know we'll we'll say I don't like your new video. You have to take it down. They oh and call me. I got I ordered those shoes for you. Those are the voicemails that I get, uh, you know, but my dad, my dad's out of his mind. Um, and I love him for it. Now we don't get into fights. We just, we, you know, we, we, we communicate without communicating. Are they, he calls me, he calls me 10 times a day. I mean, uh, no, no, no fewer. That's no pretty close. Yeah. He calls me all day long. He just called me just now and I pressed ignore. I kid you not. I, this ties in beautifully. He called <laughs> me just now. I pressed ignore and he knows very well that I'm doing your podcast today. And, I don't know what the hell his problem is. Are, are, sure. are your are your mom and dad still married? Yes, they are. They're um, they are still married, uh, which gives hope for uh, humanity because uh, it's miraculous. So, so um, I, I hope they don't listen. I really hope they don't listen to this, but they probably will. <laughs> well, I want to I want to roll it back because you've been involved in so many different forms of media. Obviously, Vine. You've risen not to the crime, top. No, I've not been involved in any crime, I promise you. <laughs> well, crime, I, I'm not quite so sure about that after watching some of the Vines, but... I'm serious, I promise. Um, music you've been doing since you were like 14 years old. You, you had a band. You really um, have been, you know, you, you made a go for it. You're still making a go for it. What 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 kind of, you know, got you started? Um being a being a fourteen year old uh, pudgy kid who wasn't good at math or sports, James, and uh, that's a, that's an anomaly. I mean, a kid who's not good at math or <laughs> physical activity—it's true. At least I was good at math. You see, I know, and everyone I meet, they're like, "Well, you know, I played rugby." Well, then you can't—you don't qualify for this level of of, of bizarreness. Right. I'm telling you, I lived in a—you know—I lived in the suburbs. Um, I'm from. I'm born in Pittsburgh, grew up in Pittsburgh and Cleveland, but you know, in Cleveland, Ohio, God bless its beautiful heart, but there's not a lot to do when you're 14 years old and don't have a driver's license. You know, it's not what, New York City. What, so you what, what year? Fun. What year were you born? 89. Uh, I was living in Pittsburgh then. I, you went I, to CMU, didn't you? I, I went to grad school at CMU. I could have been your father, for all we know. Well, I my dad's fifty six. Are you fifty six? No, I'm forty seven. So I would have yeah, been a young father. Could, I don't know if you, you would have been a really young dad. Yes, um, I'm, I'm going to be twenty six on April eighth. I'm just I, I Tim Tim has my address, so hopefully you guys send me a nice gift. All right, well we'll we'll definitely do that now. Now, so you're doing music. At what did you ever hit like uh, a low did I ever point? Hit rock bottom. Yeah, I mean, is that a common question? Like, did you? No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Please, no, 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 it's okay. Like, maybe it is a common question because, look, you obviously went from some place to being kind of top of the world with Vine, and and just to just to back off a second, let's talk about the economics of Vine for a second. People, you you do get you do run ads on some of your vines. Are the economics good? You you, I knew this was coming. I prepped myself all day. Okay. I knew this was, I'm so, I, I'm ready for this. At some no, point, you know, at some point, I'm going to ask you a question you're not expecting, but, but it hasn't happened yet. Oh shit. Um, I can, I swear. This is oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. No, I can't. Yes. It's a podcast. You can do uh, anything. Anyway. All right. Uh, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, no, uh, yeah. Economics. I mean, uh, another class I, I scraped by in. Uh, yeah, you know, look, um, I'm not going to lie. Um, I've had a very, 
very good few years in the social media world, as it were. Uh, and I don't talk about that stuff too much. I mean, you're a money guy and you're a business guy and you love that stuff and you are obsessed with it. Probably. I mean, I don't know you, but I, you know, it's just, it's, it's like, I don't know. Money to me is like, is gasoline, uh, spaceship. And that's kind of how I view it. Uh, and it's been fun to me. Yeah. And have I made money on vine? Absolutely. I'm not going to like beat around the bush, but it's, the priority was to make art and to make, and to get my my art into people's homes on an accessible in an accessible fashion because well, you know you don't want to be a starving artist at at forty five yeah, yeah Nick you I mean I, twenty it's it's adorable when you're nineteen I I think that's a good point I mean look look obviously many artists make millions and millions of dollars off of their art like there's no there's no shame in it there's no disconnect between art and making money from it. In fact, people pay you because you're good. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, in terms of it being a conversation in peace, I, I, I just, I, no, I have zero interest in it. And I, I'll tell you why, not to, not, to, not to write this off, but honestly, I view it as it's money so that I can live and continue to make cool stuff and so that I don't have to work in an office where I would blow my brains out because I, I, I'm not capable of doing it. I'm not very good at normal things. I'm not sure what normal means, but I'm just not good at it. And so thank God. Yeah. I got, you know, some amazing attention the past couple of years and I've been able to support myself and my loose group of, uh, creative, uh, outcasts, whatever we are, uh, who have been able to make cool stuff for brands. And I like working with brands for sure. And there's no shame because if a company wants to, hire me and my, you know, personnel to make something interesting that otherwise wouldn't have been there, I'm down. As long as it's, you know, as long as I don't have to, you know, actually spill my actual blood or give up rights to, like, my future children. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and it's interesting you mentioned personnel because... People say, oh, a six-second video, how hard could that be? But uh, your videos, it looks like there's some serious editing, there's music, there's costume and makeup. Like It seems like you have a whole uh, crew doing your stuff with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not, you know, we're not Henson level yet, but, you know, we know there's not 25, 40 people doing just my eyebrows alone, although my eyebrows do really need work because <laughs> I'm Mediterranean. Um I, you know, I look, I, I'd love to have someone come in and trim me up and give me a scrub down and, and, and give me the Brad Pitt treatment once in a while. But, you know, personnel to me means anybody I can lasso into working with me. <laughs> uh, that's how it's been for like, you know, 12 years or whatever. I'm 26. I've been doing music professionally and trap touring and, and I've had my, I had my music on MTV when I was 15 years old and this is what I've been doing for a while. So, I don't, yeah, it's whoever I can kind of get psyched to, to work in my apartment with me and paint paper mache and, and edit and edit weird videos for companies or for, or for, or for my friends or my, whatever you want to call the people who, who, you know, thank God follow me on the internet. Well, so, so let's it's just, say, you're you oh, calling them fans because it's just, I hate that, but they're fans, you know, but you know, they're friends. So I, I kind of sense there's a little bit of a, almost a feelings of um, like it, it's it, like it like you don't want to talk necessarily about the money and you're you don't like talking referring to them as fans but they really are fans and for a reason because you're you're doing stuff they love. Yeah, there's 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 a there's a fandom there's a uh, a fanaticism is that a word? Yes. I just wrote a book and I'm not even sure. I wrote a book and I'm You're I'm, an author. You're you're a literary author now. You you know what? I'm about to ebook uh your new book. I don't know how new it is, but I'm I'm looking at it right now on an iPad. Excellent. Um, anyway, so, I'm so, fascinated by this. So what what, what what was the question? They're fans. What? Yeah, let me real quick. I'm s i am want to say something about that. Um you know, man, like I, yeah, they're fans, of course, but I spend like oh God, you're gonna this sounds insane and it sounds like this is some form of mental illness, but I probably spend about five or six hours a day in, on my either iPhone or laptop communicating with thousands of people. 
and I know their pictures. I know their names. I recognize their hashtags. Um, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if like Jared Leto is doing that. And I, I maybe he is. God bless him. He loves social media. But I, I don't know if, so I mean, fans seem to be like a one-sided consumption level of something. And I don't want people to just consume my stuff. Well, I want well, to have a conversation with them. That, that's really interesting because so you're you're a creator, obviously you've done over 500 videos on Vine, but oh my god, part part of your process is you know active engagement with um you know with all with all these fans. I mean, I I write every day and I have a hard time responding to emails because I figure okay, if I'm going to write, I want to sure. write, I want to do broadcast writing as opposed to kind of um, single cast writing. Sure. And, and that makes sense. I mean, and your and also your pod, I mean, your podcast goes out to a ton of people. So that is, I mean, I don't know. This is, look though, this is, um, ah, I don't know how to explain this. This world that I'm in, this social media boom, whatever it is, I, I don't even know what it is because it's happening right now. I'll know what it is in five years. But what happened since 2012, 2013 for me, is something I've never experienced before. It's accessibility. Uh, it, it, you know, my work is driven by a f- powerful force of up nearly 5 million people. Um, so yeah, I'm making stuff in my apartment and it is kind of one-sided because I'm like, here, here's something that I made. This is some art that I made. But it's impossible for it to exist on social media without the freaking social. And why, why should That's I a great point. any? And why should I expect anybody to subscribe to my stuff or click like on my stuff if I'm not going to give something back to them. I mean that. Okay, and, but and aren't you aren't you, you giving know. back to them by creating the videos? No, not enough for me. It's not enough for me. I, I can't speak for any anyone else. But okay. let's put it this way: like when I was growing up, you know, I used to write handwritten letters to to a ve- who is now a very famous uh, uh, street artist. Uh, and I used to write him letters, Shepard Ferry from Obey Giant. I used to write him handwritten letters when I was, I don't know, I I was probably 12 or 13 years old, maybe 11 years old. I was very young. Um, and he sent me back handwritten replies and gave me tons of free stickers and stencils. That one-on-one time that he took in his office in Los Angeles or wherever he was, San Francisco, wherever the hell he was, that changed that impacted my life for the rest of my life. Wow. So I want to, I want, if I have the time and the day and thank God right now I do, I'm blessed that I have six hours where I can spend between jobs or between shoots where I can reply to a thousand people. And and it's worth it to me. It's hard to explain. It sounds like, it sounds psychotic. No, actually it it sounds like a very important part of the process. And I, I wrestle with this myself. Like some days I'll be more responsive than others and other days I'll just be focused on either writing articles yeah. or a podcast or whatever. But so, yeah. so let's reel it back to 2013. Vine just comes out. What was your first exposure to it? Uh, accidentally saw it on Twitter because at the time I thought that it was simply an app for making video. Didn't realize it was, it was its own social network. Uh, I got into a terrible skateboarding accident um, in April of 2013, uh, I busted my neck and herniated discs in my neck, and I was pretty much bedbound for like three or four months. Uh, and at that time, I was on my computer and my phone more than I am now. If that's uh, if that, if that's something you could swallow and, <laughs> and visualize, uh, so you know, I became obsessed with Vine because I was on my back, and I was like, "Look at this! I can make loops. I don't even have to leave. This is filmmaking. Holy shit! This is this is." I can I can make films in my bed. This is incredible, and I like that you. I like that it was all self-contained. I liked that at the time you couldn't edit, you couldn't drag in videos you shot on a ten thousand dollar camera that your that your that your production studio stole from your production studio that you intern at. Because there's this, you know, I mean, how many kids my age, twenty five, and I, I do consider myself a kid. How many twenty five year olds have access? to expensive equipment. Tons of people now have gear. It's why my dad is out of business. It, 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 so, like, what do you do? You, you, you embrace it. You know, my, my, my dad is a 16-millimeter is a bull camera shooter 
with with thirty five years or something of of advertising and and filmmaking experience. He's been in Sundance, you know, Toronto, like every film festival you could think of. And and there are twenty year old kids doing it for free on 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 the on the best equipment possible. So I guess the point is is like strip all that away, strip all that away, take it all away. And what do you have? You have to have an idea now. There has to be an idea. If you don't have an idea, you just have gear. You know what I mean? So, so okay. So let's take a so so you, so 2013 comes. There's April 2013. I'm sorry, I just ranted. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's great because it all ties together. So, so what was your first Vine, and how did how did you start to realize, hey, this is a, a medium that I could you know potentially succeed in. You know, you know, you were, you were, you were struggling um, for years in music, and I read in your book, you know, there was a lot of disappointing experiences and also a lot of high experiences. But Vine seems like it was this straight up uh, momentum for you. Well, look, you're the. I want to say something first of all. I've done a couple of interviews so far for this book, and you're the only person who actually can reference things in the book, meaning you at least skimmed it. So I appreciate that. And I'm not. I'm not. No, I, I, I genuinely. Look, I've spent all morning reading that. it, and I've got uh, I've got three authors later today. But your book was the one that uh, I, I love the co- interaction between you and your dad, and your storytelling ability, and your dad's uh, wow. artwork was amazing. Wow, man, I, I really appreciate that for real. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, no, I now I'm excited about it. You made me excited. That's you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to talk to somebody. I think my favorite interview ever is with Bob Dylan, where. Where he's sitting with a guy who's just about to, he's, or he's, he, he just played a show and the guy's writing for Time Magazine. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know that one. You, you see, you, 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 you're like, you're like Bob Dylan, 2015 Bob Dylan. You, you're, you're like Bob Dylan, sort of. You know what I mean? You know, so, F- Fox, Fox Business used to call me, Fox Business used to call me the Bob Dylan of Wall Street. That's amazing. I knew it. I you, knew you it. Called I it. knew it. I knew it. <laughs> That's all. I love that. So yeah. So the, my favorite interview with Bob Dylan is he's sitting with Time Magazine, and he said, "I mean, you know, you're sitting here asking me questions about my show. Have you even see, did you even see my show?" And he said, uh, "No, no, I haven't seen the show." He goes, "How are you going to ask me questions about my music if you haven't even heard it?" He said, "And I don't even, you know, I don't even read Time Magazine. I only read Time Magazine when I'm on an airplane because I have to, <laughs> and I love that because." Jesus Christ! No, I don't. I don't, I don't know, man. It's just it, you, I don't well, know. To have a conversation with somebody, you have to know the shit that you're talking about. So. Well, what's interesting about what Bob Dylan was saying and what you're doing with Vine is that, and what you just said was the gatekeepers are gone, so you don't have to like call up Paramount and say I have a movie idea and go through like six layers of executives. You could just turn on your iPhone, make a six second video, upload it, and you get more views per video than most movies that are produced out there. And and I'm telling you this right now. I stood up at a tech talk. Not stood up. It was my turn to talk. I didn't speak out of out of turn. I, I was at a tech talk, not TED, tech as in technology, right. um, a couple, like a, a year and a half, two years ago. And um, some, and I think I said, I was sitting there with like Al Jazeera and uh, I, I, who else? Fill in the blank. Uh, reporters from respected, you know, uh, news organization. And I said, I think Vine is going to be consumed as news. And I think that we are the reporters now. And I think there's no, there, there's no need anymore almost to be fed the news six hours late on television. I, 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 you know, I mean, I, what if we had Vine when the Berlin Wall came down? And they, they kind of laughed me out of the room, man. And I'm telling you this right now. Uh, I, eight out of ten articles I see, seven out of ten articles I see now that have like a video clip of something breaking news, whether it's what happened in Ferguson or uh, LeBron James shooting a three pointer. It is, it is a Vine video, dude. Well, okay, so what, what is your, like, creative process for making a Vine video? Because I've tried a few Vine videos, and it's actually really hard to be entertaining in six seconds. I have a hard time with it. Everyone says that. I think it's the opposite. I think it's... You, you, so oh te- teach me. Like, what, what, how can I get better? What do you do? Um, I don't know. It's all inspiration. You know, there's this whole group of people who live out in Los Angeles, and they have sort of a 
a group, a, a collective where they, they get together and they produce like, you know, 20 or 30 vines together and they roll them out like a television show, which is okay. That's cool. And they're doing very, very well, but that doesn't work for me. Really. I don't really work on the schedule anymore as much. Excuse me. I have acid reflux. Um, I, I, I make, you know, I, I have to be inspired, man. If you see like the most amazing mustache on a man, film it. That's the vine. Don't think too deeply into it, man. You're going to ruin it. So anything that so you're walking around, anything that kind of like sparks a creative. Works, that's how my mind works. If I see a man with a mustache, it's beautiful. I'm going to sing about it. It's like that's the most beautiful mustache that I ever have seen. Like I hope he combs it all day. If you know what I mean, like that right there is that whatever it is. It's that I'm inspired all day. So in New York City is, you know, constant inspiration and frustration. And so, 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 okay. So, so it seems like it's, it's funny. You took your, your, and, and I've read, um, people write reviews of your vines as well that, that part of the success of them is that you've been able to take this music background and kind of combine it with this new medium, almost yeah, like, man. uh, like yeah. the sex of the two media. And, oh. uh, uh, but, but 2013, when did you start to realize, okay, this is it. Something special is happening here. Uh, when I was getting, you know, when it went, when it jumped from 500 people seeing it to like 10,000 to a million, I think I was, well, what happened was I shot this thing in my apartment on the way to work. I was a babysitter. I was doing commercial music work, but it wasn't paying the bills. Uh, you know, I mean, my dad, my, and I, my dad would like hire me last minute for some, uh, regional spot and I'd have to write a song about pepperoni pizza, which I love pizza. So it's easy to write. Um, it's easy money, but you know, I was also a babysitter cause I wasn't making enough money to live in New York city. It was just sucking the money out of me. So, you know, I was on my way to work and I put gummy worms in my wallet and made this song called gummy money. And I got out of the train, I uploaded it and I was, I got out of the train and it, it was editor's pick, which means they forced it into everyone's feeds. And I have people come up to me to this day and say, you were the first vine I ever saw that you, it, it defined the platform for me because vine and I kind of worked together. I made a piece of content and they pushed it to the surface. Do you think, and it, do you think it's it, it did me, a, it did me a huge favor. And I think vice versa too, because like I was using their platform for something other than just, I don't know, filming uh, hobos fighting on the street. Like, I was actually making art on it, in my humble opinion. And I think they like that, and that's why they pushed it to the surface. You're sort of like the uh, the Lazy Sunday of Vine. Like, Lazy yeah, Sunday, yeah, man. you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Exactly. So- so what if what if like for for me again like what what if uh what if I can't get to be an editor's pick like it seems like you still have to get chosen to be successful in a in a medium. Uh I don't know about that because there's so many people who never got quote editor's pick. An editor's pick I don't even think exists anymore as far as I know. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm out of the loop no pun intended. I really am. I just don't I, I just make stuff and put it up and I don't think as much as anymore about editor's pick and all that crap. But I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, if you make something really, really good, it'll stand out. You don't need to be selected. There's no committee to like make you a star. That, that really doesn't exist, man. It's up to the public. I mean, think about it. Like, I don't know. Actually, I, I really, I don't know, man. Cause I, I, some of these things we think are viral videos, some of these spontaneous, some of these things that seem magical and like, they're just haphazardly beautiful. A lot of that stuff is staged, and that's a whole other conversation for another day. But, you know, I, I happen to think that a lot of viral moments are staged by, by Fortune 500 companies, Well, you know, be honest with you. You know, <laughs> so that's another conversation for another day. But you know, but 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 again, it, it relates to the fact that anytime a medium achieves some kind of success, uh, companies start to get involved. Like, take a look at. It. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Casey Neistat's videos on YouTube. Yeah, I'm, fr- I'm, fr- I'm friends with Casey. I, I just listen to his podcast with you. I love it. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy, great artist, and I actually love the video that Nike sponsors with him, where he right. kind of like acts as if he's just going to take their money and travel around the world. But of course that was scripted and it was a, a great concept. And yeah, that's what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. I don't mean that it's a hoax. I mean that things that seem 
one way could be the other. And I actually don't know the story behind that video, to be honest with you, the mm. Casey video. I don't. Well, so when when did companies start approaching you about, hey, uh, we've noticed you on Vine. We'd like to pay you to do some some videos. Almost immediately. Wow. But they, they got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and immediately it was like, you know, uh, hey, man, my, yo, my, my brother and I got a T-shirt company. And, I, you know, I, I, you could send me free shirts and I'd give you my address. I, I won't give it over this podcast, but I love free stuff. I'm Greek. We love anything free. So, you know, I, I don't know, like um, or maybe like summer 2013. Like, uh, like, like when were you making a living on Vine? Summer of 2013. And was that like Virgin Mobile coming in? Yeah, Virgin Mobile, I think, was the first. You would know better than me because I think you researched me. I don't know. I, I really don't remember. I think Virgin or Trident was maybe the first job. Trident? What did you – what what video – what vines did you – did you do any, like, Trident-specific vines? Like, did you talk to I dentists? We, you know, well, I'm saying don't quote me, but I'm the one saying it on, on a podcast. <laughs> I think we were – I think we were the first – and by I say we, I mean my team – in New York, which is great story, which is Gary Vaynerchuk's company. Ah. I think that our Trident spot was the first Vine, the first six-second television commercial ever on television. Um, and I think Dunkin' Donuts had one too, but I can't remember if which one came. I think ours came first, and I'd like to think that it did, uh, but I can't be sure. But but that was yeah, that was that summer was like boom, everybody out of everybody and their mom wanted to make a mind, you know, and that's amazing. It was great. But believe me for everything you've seen me do on vine with a brand, there are a hundred companies we didn't do things with. <laughs> so what would you, what, what would you turn down? What, what, who? Uh, things that I didn't, things that I didn't really feel good about or things that didn't make sense to my world. Uh, for instance, you know, I'm not, I'm not really gonna, I'm not really gonna go out there and sell, I don't know. I don't know. I like raisins. I don't know. I, I was gonna say raisins. I mean, I like raisins. It has to be something that I like or that I believe in or something that makes sense in my wor- universe, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know no. I mean? uh, again, it's like, it's like you take these elements. So, for instance, you love Netflix, say. It looked like Netflix. Yeah. So you love Netflix. You love singing. You love you. You have the ADD for six second videos. You put them all together, and now you have a six second ad for Netflix. Sure. And so, if you yeah, can't I mean, do that with a brand, what are you saying? Hmm? What are you saying? Are you oh. asking me if that if that's what I did? Yeah. Um. That's your process, uh, it seems. Yeah. Like here's what I do. Um. When a brand comes to me, they say, "Hey, you know Vine, we don't." That's kind of how it goes. And I say, "Yeah." Um. Listen to me, and we will make something amazing that people will love, uh, and it will also be elevated to another level where I would personally, Nicholas McGallis, consider it to be art. Right, but you you won't like, for instance, hold up a Trident and say, uh, "Buy Trident gum." You make you make no, the, it, that's that's lazy. It's right. fast. You, yeah. you you do you do your usual thing, which is you find the mustache guy, you sing a song, and there might be Trident in the background. Yeah, because I need to be passionate about it. I'm not going to hold up a pack of gum and say, "Eat this gum," unless actually that is kind of funny. Maybe that's anti-advertising. Advertising. I like that too. I like it all, James. Really. I I do seem to remember there was one maybe where you were just chewing gum. I um forget. Probably. I watched so many of them. Um, they're all there's five hundred of them. Yes. I don't even remember four of them. So you you've probably gotten um just looking at the average numbers, you've probably gotten close to five hundred million loops on your videos. I mean, how does that feel to think I that thought you were going to say five hundred million dollars? And I was going to say, man, you you <laughs> that would be amazing. You'd, no, you and my accountant would be very very happy. No, I, I will pre- I will predict though in total gross revenues probably a little over a million. That's my prediction. I'm going to say closer to a trillion. <laughs> okay, good. That's good for you. So, so again, in terms of in terms of the process, like what vines did you do today? Uh, nothing. I got up. I had horrible conference calls. Um, Who do you, you have conference time? calls with? Um, well, I can say the one, but I can't say the other yet. But the one, the one conference call was just. <laughs> It was with my team of bandits, my my crew. 
It was with it was with seven people, like not seven, including myself. There were six of us. So it was like my it was it was my my friend who's a videographer, my friend who's a graphic designer, uh, my little brother who's a graphic designer, uh, and like three other people. And it was just a cluster f u c k of just voices. I don't really like you know when you're on the phone with seven people, it's it's hard to not, there's a delay on you and on our podcast call right now. I can be, I'm actually having anxiety even talking to you. So I can't, can you imagine like a morning filled with conference calls for me? It's really bad. So no, I woke up this morning. I had conference calls. I made coffee. I'm on my fourth cup right now of a very large cup, not a normal human size. Um, I had a call with my mom. I pressed ignore on my dad's call. Um, I, I shipped a painting out. I just sold another painting. Wow. So uh, I didn't know, um, I didn't know you're also doing painting. I, I, that I did not research. I'm also a professional golfer. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> no. Yeah, I, no, that I, I know. Yeah, I love to make, I love making art. So we, I, you know, I don't know, man, when you talk to me next, if we do this again, if you could tolerate another interview with me, I, I, I'm telling you, I might actually be in the ballet. My friend is trying to get me interested in ballet right now, and I, I'm interested in it. No, well, I can't. I can't do it. I don't have the body for it. But it's very interesting. I would like to be a choreographer or or some sort of conductor. Of I mean, I mean. Well, the thing is, again, a, a six second vine doesn't take six seconds to make. It looks to me there's a. There, there is a process. There is a choreography. You know there is tell, a directing you know to that. I tell people, I tell people that a vine takes about twelve hours. To be honest, that's what it looks like on a lot of your vines. Yeah, and and also think about it. Think of all the stuff you haven't seen. There are five hundred that are on there. There are five thousand that have been thrown away. Hmm. It's just that's how that's how I operate. And actually, a lot of these vines. I mean, you know, a lot of friends who make vines they operate the same way. We we'll shoot. When my friend Rye, Rye Dune comes to town, we'll shoot 10 things and use none of them. And it'll be a wasted weekend. Mm. Well, mm. not wasted as an intoxicated, although I, that might happen too. Now, do you ever get worried? Like I was asking my – I have a 13-year-old and a 16-year-old uh, daughters, and they don't use Vine as much as like Snapchat or other media right now. Do you sure. think, what, what happens, like, when does Vine make the switch to something like Instagram video where now instead of doing Vines, you'll start to focus more on Instagrams? Like, how will you kind of recognize that, that change uh, in media happening? Well, my ears to the soil always, and that's how we operate. We, I, I'm always, you know, I, there's 10 apps right now that you've never heard of that I'm beta testing. Like, that you, that I can't even talk, like, I like testing people's apps. I like trying things out. Um, cause I'm, you know, I do have ADD and I am like a small child and I, I'm not interested. You know, I was very obsessed with Vine and it's still a very relevant and, uh, and, you know, beautiful realm to make things in. But there are things recently that have caught my attention that, you know, I have a presence everywhere. I have a presence on Instagram. I have like a hundred and, I don't know, 70,000 people there or something. Uh, I, you know, it's great. And, I, and sometimes I want to put a picture up of a painting I just made. That's what Instagram is for. Snapchat is Casey. Nobody uses Snapchat better than Casey Neistat and Jerome Jar. Nobody does. Uh, what uh, uh, Sean McBride uh, is very good. With. Oh, Sean! Oh my God! Yeah, no, no, no. Sean too. Sean is Sean's different though. Sean is a surrealist, and uh, Sean is doing some sort of um, uh, alternate reality. Uh, art storytelling with imagery. Uh, Casey is going to Bangkok or like Paris and filming himself in the rain at three in the morning, like parasailing. He's insane. So it's mm -hmm. good to watch an insane man do things. Funny. Um, so, <laughs> so what, what, what do you think will be the next, I mean, obviously you're playing around with all of them and vines your focus, but do you think there's kind of a, a next thing that's going to happen? That yeah, we'll, we'll I do. What do you think it'll yeah, be? When is this going to when is this going to air? Uh probably within the next week. And it like uh Oh, your, your book's coming Monday out or? March 31st. I'll make it air that day. Oh, amazing. Uh Yeah, uh I, you know what? Yeah. Um so Gary, do you know Gary? Yeah, I know I know Gary very well. Okay, so you know how Gary is like will hype you up and like excite you beyond belief about something that he believes in? Yes. 
Yeah, he, 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 I sat down with him last night for dinner and he just like grab almost grabbed me by the throat, almost like sort like grabbed my shoulders really hard and said, if you don't get on meerkat tonight, uh, like we're going to have a serious problem. Like you're, you're, you're an idiot basically. That's fascinating. That? Somebody told meerkat actually tweeted to me almost the same thing yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So they're doing the, they're doing, but the I don't notes. even know what they are. What are they? Tell, describe. Um, it is. Here's what it is. It, it's, it's what television is going to be, uh, in less than 15 years completely. Uh, you know how like the CEO of Netflix or whoever it is, the CFO, I don't know anybody's title, but Netflix said in 15 years, broadcast TV will be dead. Like, you know, TV at a scheduled time, like Jimmy Fallon is on at 11. That's when, that's when you watch Jimmy Fallon. That's just not how it's going to be. I, Meerkat is absolutely the future. A hundred percent. Even watching videos now to me seems archaic. If that makes sense. You know, Meerkat it, is live. it doesn't make sense. So, like I, uh, I don't understand. Like is Meerkat is, is live? It's 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 in your face, happening live. It's what we all strive for to see every day. It, you know, it, it's it's a it's a beautiful car accident. It's being able to rubberneck all over the world at the same time and talk to the people who are broadcasting. It's live streaming video on your phone, wherever you are, on any network. It's amazing, and I'm, I'm obsessed with it. And it goes to it. Twitter, the video? So, yeah, the video, I guess, I don't know, they had a beef with Twitter or something. I don't really know the story, but Twitter, I guess Twitter's not going to, they're like decoupling from them or something. But, yeah, uh, so when you when you shoot a vid, when you go live, everybody who talks to you in that, in that, in that video, in that live stream is tweeting at you. So it increases, it just builds your, your, your engagement like crazy on Twitter. I don't know how long that's going to last though. I don't know that I'm not up to speed on it. I just got into Meerkat yesterday or two days ago. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely check it out. So, so yeah, should. it's amazing. I'm obsessed with it. I'm, I'm obsessed with it in the way that I was obsessed with Vine two years ago. Now, with with Vine, like, do you find when you're walking around on the street, do people recognize you and say, "Hey, I watched like all of your Vine videos"? Yeah, it's it's incredibly bizarre and amazing. Yes. And is that different? Like well, when you sorry. when you were growing up in Cleveland and doing music, um, you know, did you ever have even similar, even remotely similar experiences you're having now in social media? Yes, but not to this extent. When I was in Cleveland, um. I I I you know I played an arena in Cleveland. Uh, I I I played like I we opened for Nine Inch Nails at Quicken Loans Arena when I was 19 years old in Cleveland. Like I, I was, you know, I hate local celebrities sounds so disgusting, but you know I was I was locally known as this performer, and I started when I was like 14 or 15 playing guitar and playing you know like experimental music at cafes, and then really, really focused on live performance and recording albums and worked with a genius guy named Michael Seifert. And we, we did, we did a studio album called Praise Be Hype Machine. It was when I was, I think I came out when I was seven, 18 or 19. And, you know, it was, a, it was, it was a big thing for me and, and it was fun. And I, I still love that town so much and my family's all there. So yeah, like I was, people would come up to me and say, Hey man, I saw you last week at the grog shop. You guys are awesome. But it's never been like it is now, and I, it's hard to explain. I mean, I love it, trust me, but I, I sometimes wonder if they're looking at somebody behind me, and I turn around because I'm just, you know, I'm a long-haired Greek kid from Cleveland who makes videos. I'm not wait, Justin wait. Bieber. I'm not Justin Bieber. You wait, know what, I mean? what what nationality are you again? I'm Greek. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. How many, how many, how many times have I said it? Do you have a <laughs> clock? Do you have a meter? Uh, okay, I'm Jewish. I'll say it at least once. Did you see my chapter about me considering myself to be an honorary Jew? Yeah, particularly now that you're in New York. The Jew hub, I, you I, called I, it. I feel, well, you know, I've always felt, I don't know, my Aunt Georgia has always wished that she were Jewish. And well, there, there's like a connection, like a, Greeks sort of have a Sephardic Jewish connection, like there's something yeah. there. Yes, absolutely. It's. I think that there's a brotherhood and anxiety and 
and family and, and, and obsessiveness and, 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 and business and work. And I, I don't know, I've always, and I've had a lot of Jewish friends growing up and I kind of wish that I were Jewish myself. So, I mean, I like being Greek. It's great, but anyway, now, whatever. Nick, let me, let me ask you this. It's, uh, it does seem there's, there is some wall that you have inside of you. And I'm going to tell you where I see the wall. There's on one side of the wall is the art and this absolute love you have for, for whatever media or medium you're doing this art in. And then on the other side, you don't like the word celebrity. You don't like the word fans. You're hesitant, um, to talk about, uh, the money and economics of it. But it does seem like that is the maturation of an artist when you start to have an audience that's significant and you start to make money from it and you start to use that money to make even better art. And Absolutely. like, you know, so, so do you feel some hesitancy in like uh, maybe almost a little bit of guilt in, in some of this? Uh, no, but like, I mean, think about it. Like I'm doing your podcast because I want people to check out my book. And like, I want people to look at my, you know, you I, know, I thought like, because of my good looks. Yeah. And you know, and you're a gorgeous man. Yes. I mean, so I, look, I, I, I want people to, to, to know who I am. I, I, I love attention. I always have my whole life. When I was seven years old, I thought that I was a you know, famous then. I was putting on magic shows for my grandparents and thought that I was on a stage in front of five million people then. It feels the same it's always felt. But catering to, to catering to attention is different from acknowledging it to yourself or to the outside world that yes, I have achieved a certain level of attention that's, that's, you know, distanced me from where I was when I started as an artist. Yeah. But that's who are you saying? Is that a bad, are you asking me if I think that's a bad thing? Uh, well, I suspect you do think it's a bad thing or at least an uncomfortable thing for you. No, here's what it is. Um, I was raised, I was raised to be humble. Um, my mother listens to every interview I do. Uh, I'm doing an interview tomorrow with Newsweek, and my mom will be the first person to buy it, and she will buy seven copies for all the ladies in the neighborhood. That's um, great. I watch my mouth to a degree. I don't edit myself in some areas, and in some areas I do. And I'm conscious of ego because I have an ego, and my dad passed it down to me. <laughs> so when I talk to you or when I talk about fame or fortune or money and all this other stuff that comes along with popularity or whatever. Um, you know, I, I like to just sit, I like to dodge it a little because it's, although it's important to keep the machine running, it's disgusting to talk about it. Oh, why, why, why do you think that? Absolutely. It's disgusting. I hate hearing people talk about their cars. I hate hearing people talk about their bank accounts. It's disgusting. Right, right. So, but we're not talking about, we're not talking about bank accounts. We're talking about, for instance, you create art on Vine, and people are willing to pay for it. Just like the Rolling Stones charges a $100 a ticket, you know, you charge brands to do Vines when they want you to. Um, yeah, and yes. That's not necessarily sure. disgusting. It, it, you know what it is, though? It's, it, it, it's not disgusting, to, I guess, to do it, but to talk about it is, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not ashamed. I just don't have any, I don't have any reason. It's not my focus. My I'm telling you, man, it keeps my machine running. That's what it is. It's right. money is gasoline to me. And my, my, my friends who are, who are artists, look, I'm telling you, I, my friends who are, who are true born and bred artists who sleep on floors and are vegan and have $14 in their bank account. I've been there and it sucks. And I love making money so that I can support my lifestyle and my family and my loved ones and myself. And so I don't have to decide between buying groceries and doing laundry. You understand what I mean? Uh, absolutely. That's that's, amazing. that's great. I, I freaking love that. Fantastic. And thank you, God above. And I'm a spiritual person and I do feel blessed. However, um, there's a certain Hollywood, just, I, uh, there's a vibe to, 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 to some people when they get into talking about it, it just defeats the purpose. I feel like I'm on this planet not necessarily to make money, but to make people happy. Uh, you know, I think that that's obviously I think that's a great thing. And I'm, I'm enthusiastic about what you do. But let me ask you this. Let's say someone's sure. listening and they're in a cubicle in Procter and & Gamble and sure. and they are like, 
heck, I'm jealous of this guy, Nick. Heck, Nick, to, to be honest, I'm jealous. Like, I love what you do on mine. I want to be able to do six-second videos. I want to, I want people to approach me and say, James, this is phenomenal. Can you do something for us? So what, how, what would you suggest to that guy in the cubicle or me if they really want to get started with both process and with the business of it, but, but really the creative process and getting their name out there? How can someone break out of the cubicle? What, as a filmmaker or a composer or an artist? No, let's just say, let's say a vine maker. Well, that can mean a million things. I mean, there are people who make vines of themselves dancing in Prospect Park, and they have ten followers, and don't you know what I mean? Right. So, Vine so I want I want to break out and be you. I want to have four million vine followers and five hundred million loops. What do I? How do I start? What's what's steps one through three? Make things. Step one, two, and three. Make things constantly. Fail a billion times. Uh, have fourteen dollars in your bank account. Um, ask your mom to send you a check so you could buy groceries. Um, beg your girlfriend to give you money for pants so you can go to an interview and pretend that you have money. Uh, find a group of people who are like-minded who can help you achieve certain goals such as production, composition, uh, press. Uh, everything is a teamwork. Everything is a team effort. I mean, if I didn't have my family or my friends to help me, I don't know if I'd be talking to you right now. You know, it's interesting because Vine seems like a very individual activity, but it reminds me of, let's say, the art scene in the early 1950s when um, all of these now world-famous artists literally lived on the same street in South Street Seaport, and they kind of grew up together as a scene. And it seems yeah, like that's it, what's happening. Yes, and look, I, I, I go to Captiva Island every year in, in, in the Gulf of Mexico and Florida with my family. And Robert Rauschenberg has a house down there, or had a house. And there's a little, there's a little house, a guest house, right on the water, in the bay, and it's on stilts. And I'm surprised it hasn't been washed away by all the hurricanes that have come through there since the 50s and 60s. But do you know how many famous art? Jackson Pollock used to stay there with him. That's it's it's everybody should you should be social. I'm kind of antisocial sometimes because I have anxiety and um, because. I don't really play that game as well as I should. And my dad has gotten on me about that since I was, you know, I just don't really, I don't know. I don't bullshit a lot. Well, I probably would be way more successful if I did. Um, you know, like, look, we all know each other. Everybody knows everybody. It's, you have to, there, everybody can, everybody, it's good to know people because they can, they're like-minded. They're, we're all in the same boat. Like I should know every artist in New York city. I should meet my friend, Megan Signoli is the most talented uh, art director, uh, animator, uh, commercial director that I know personally. And I, she knows, everybody knows who she is. You should. Everybody should know who she is. And I, and you should go and, 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 and pick her brain because she's a genius and you should, you, she should inspire you. We're all in New York. You know, it's either New York or L.A. I didn't move to L.A. for a reason. But I love New York, and I, 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 I'm trying to expand and meet more people. It's a collective, for sure. Yeah, and I think, I think again, while art seems an individual effort, and I'm sure you, you realize this even more so when you're writing your book, like that is, all, is very an individual effort. The process oh, yeah. of writing is oh yeah, technically, like biologically speaking, it's, it's horrific. You're, you're sitting in a chair slouched over oh. a bright screen and typing little squiggly letters into a, into a screen. Yeah. So, so it's very individual. Yeah, and there, that's, that, there's a reason why. I mean, you could see why Ernest Hemingway cracked. Uh, you could see why Bukowski was a prick. Right, but, but again, why. you look at like Hemingway, and, and yes, at the end of his life, he cracked. I think uh, by, he had a he massive – He couldn't write. Yeah, he had a massive block, and it destroyed him. But, but in the 20s, you, again, they all grew up as a scene. John Dos Passos, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Gertrude Stein, yes. Hemingway – it always takes a scene. If you if you point to any artist, I bet you I could identify the scene they came out of. And you know, and you know what? I I'm obsessed with that same that same thing. I I I'm a big fan of Jean Michel Basquiat, the painter. Yeah. And his scene was Warhol and Herring and 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 1980s, late 70s, no wave downtown, like Canal Street, no wave punk rock, Devo. Lydia Lunch, like that, that, that is, that to me was the coolest scene that, ha and it happened right before my lifetime, 
but I, I'm obsessed with that. So yeah, there's a, there's definitely a culture and a scene and, and it makes it so much easier now for me to reach out to people because of the internet. And I, I just connected with, with, um, you know, the guy who created uh, meerkat in, in two seconds. And I said, dude, I love your app. It's incredible. And he got right back to me. Can you great. imagine how difficult it would be? Like, I mean, it's for me to, oh, because, because you, again, you can't imagine it. I can imagine it too. I, I was writing letters to Shepard Ferry by hand and waiting three weeks when I was a kid, you know, for a response to two months. And it's amazing. It's amazing. He responded. And also again, the three weeks down to two seconds kind of identifies what's happened, which is that the gatekeepers have, have, you know, left and kept the lights on so we can yeah, all have, you, have fun now. If you talk to my old man, my dad will tell you straight up that he said, you know, look, cause he, he, he's dealing with it in a, He's, he's taking it more to heart than I am. The negativity sometimes that people spew uh, from their, you know, shields of anonymity. People will sometimes say just vile, horrible stuff. And my dad will call me and say, what, who are these people saying this shit? I, you know, ignore it, dad. Ignore it, ignore it. They're just kids trying to get your attention. And, he, he, you know, he falls for it, hook, line, and sinker. But my dad said, you know, Nick, back in, like, the 60s, the 50s, whatever, the 60s, 70s, whatever. Because if you had some shitty, evil opinion, and you were saying, I hate Johnny Carson, Johnny Carson should die, the only per people who heard that opinion were the people sitting with you in your living room. That's <laughs> it. And those are the only people who should hear that opinion. Right. And, 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 and fan mail. Imagine, you know, you sent a letter to Johnny Carson telling him, I hope you die, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. He never even saw the letter. It was intercepted and thrown away. Right, so but but now you get like you get like twenty eight thousand comments on on a single six second video, and I imagine you know like it's sort of like the common ratio of anything is one out of ten is going to be negative. Do yeah. you ever let that affect you? Do they ever accidentally hit the right button in your personality? Uh, yeah. Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah. If I'm having a bad day, I'm a human being, so I mean. If I'm having a bad day, of course something hurt me. I'm, I'm a human, but I, you know, and that, and that's a good lesson to learn because I, that's, you know, somebody might just be having a worse day than you. And right. that's the lesson you learn. And I, you know, I live in New York City and, and the reality is if I went up to somebody on the street and said, you suck, <laughs> like you, 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 I hate you. You suck. I'm going to get my ass handed to me. So that's why you can't, you can look, the internet is, it's not pure reality. You, you could say these things and get away with it. And not only can you get away with it, you can build a following. You could be Perez Hilton. It's a sickness, but that's, that's the, that's, that's, that's the world. And that's the world I participate in, unfortunately, because I use the internet and I use Twitter and, you know, I don't participate in evil comments but i live in that world i see it every day and you know it's rough it, it is rough i mean we all anybody who sticks their head out is gonna face people trying to chop their heads off but, but it's good though it's good though isn't it because i i would rather be slammed than shrugged at i would rather somebody absolutely just pick me apart for days than to not affect them at all and uh, i mean I, that I agree with that, which, which leads to uh, another question, which is, do you ever feel like you have Vine block, like creator's block on Vine, where no matter what you do, you just can't think of something something good to do for a six-second video? Sure, yeah. I mean, days, weeks on end. I mean, yeah. I, I, I is, is that like, do you feel that as a physical pain? <laughs> um, no, but it's, no, I look, I... I, you know, I, this sounds so trite and, and, and so easy to say to make myself sound like some uber creative Warholian figure that I, that, that I think that I am. But I, look, man, I really am interested in all mediums pretty much. I'm working on a short film right now. I'm finishing a record in my kitchen. I have all the, all the padding up. I have mattresses that I bought specifically so that I can insulate and soundproof my kitchen. Uh, I have an isolation booth built into a wardrobe so that I can do vocals. And the, I, look, when I'm not doing vines, I'm recording or I'm making a film or I'm 
I'm hanging out with a good friend from Ohio that's in for a week, and we're going and drinking at the Whiskey Tavern on Baxter Street. That's that's what I, you know, life is creative and everything. You could have be creative all day long. I skateboard too, and skateboard's a good medium. It really is. It's expressive. So I don't need to make I don't need to make vines. I don't. I, I enjoy making them. I happen to enjoy making them, and I happen to make them frequently. But I've gone weeks or months without making them. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know that. That's interesting because you have 520 vines out there, and again, over it looks like, uh, if I can guess correctly, somewhere between five and six hundred million uh, views on your on your vines, which is incredible. That's a lot. Wow, man. Yeah, that no, that is a lot. I, I and I, you know, I don't. Yeah, that's. I can't. I don't like to think about it. that. That's a lot of pressure, James. That's a ton of. That's. <laughs> You, you I, I'm going to put more pressure on you. You and Bo Burnham are my favorite Vine guys. Like I, he doesn't do Vines as much anymore. It doesn't seem like he do, does them at all anymore. But his Vines were are also very good. Have you interviewed him? No, I haven't. He 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 would be a great guy to interview also. Because have you seen his show? What? Absolutely, have seen it. I'm I'm Bo. Look, Bo Express mailed me a copy of his poetry book before it came out. Uh, I am a huge fan of him, and I. I look. I like how he comes in and he go, comes in and out. And I, I, my friend Jerome Jar, are you familiar with Jerome? I don't know Jerome. Jerome does, Jerome is one of the biggest stars in the world. He is a social media phenomenon. There, I. He's a French kid who dropped out of business school and uh, came and like slept on my floor and uh, started a company with Gary Vaynerchuk, which I, I just. Ha- happened out of nowhere. He's just, he's, I think he's in Thailand or something. I don't know where he is. He's insane. I mean, he's an insane human being, but he's a great guy. Anyway, the point is, is um, Jerome will come in and out of Vine when he so pleases. If he's inspired, he'll do something. I'll but check out his stuff. Know, yeah, and, and Bo Burnham is the same way. When he's inspired, he'll do something. And that's the way I feel nowadays. I don't feel like I have to do something every day that's mediocre. I would rather do like one every week and a half. That's awesome. You know, that's that's probably good advice for me that I should listen to. Like, I sometimes feel <laughs> the the pressure to to write every day, uh, or else I'll lose yeah. that muscle. Yeah, man. No, but you had that is true though. If I don't play piano, I'm not gonna be able to play a show. I, I gotta I gotta play piano regularly, or I or I don't know how to play. Right. So that, that is true. It's a muscle. It is. Well, so you've clearly done so well in so many different media, music, Vine, obviously painting, film, and now March 31st. I don't know if I've done so well. Give me, give me time. <laughs> well, well, I will say you've done very well on the writing side because March 31st, uh, mega weird, your deluxe signed edition, stories from the anxiety ridden mind of Nicholas Magalis is coming out. I'm very much looking forward to getting the hardcover version. I've been reading it on um, off of my Dropbox or like in PDF form. Um, but it's it's I, I, I'm really impressed by it. It's really great. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it, and, and th- thanks for letting me rant. And and, and look, I, if I Let, let's I, do I, let's do a vine let's do a vine together at some point. Yeah, I want to. If you want me to show you the ropes, I'll show you the ropes. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll we'll figure out a time. We'll 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 communicate. And uh, um, but thanks for coming on the on the podcast. Uh, and look, we'll we'll run into each other soon. Look, man, I, I'm telling you and me, Baxter Street, uh, not Trang Fa, the best belt. So I pronounce uh, it Fo. Well, but let me just tell you, after my wedding, that's where I ate. That's where we ate. You're, what, what, what do you mean? After I got married, the, uh, you're talking on Baxter Street. There's a Vietnamese restaurant by that name. Yeah, 87 Baxter Street, the Vietnamese place. Yeah, that's after I had my I had my wedding. We had no sure. guests, and we just went and ate uh, in that restaurant. In, you're kidding! In full wedding attire and everything. Oh, did you take a photo? I uh, did. We take a photo. We took one photo, Claudia. You'll have to send it to me. Okay. That's a dude. That's amazing. That's my spot. That that was my spot. Oh man! No, I don't know anybody who goes there. That's amazing, dude. No, that's that's where I used to have all my business meetings, like literally thirteen years ago. Just so you know, I'm going to let you go, but I want to tell you this: any time I have a meeting and I have the option of of choosing where we go, I'm there in the back in the back booth in that restaurant. 
Yeah, that's where we should do our vine, actually. Claudia, you'll we come. We should. You'll, you'll, and, uh, you know what? I will tape. come in full wedding attire, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw your dress yesterday. We'll, we'll get it. All right, we're in. All right, man. Nick, thanks a lot. This is great. And again, I want, I think everybody should go out and get mega weird stories from the anxiety ridden mind of Nicholas Magalas. Great Thank book. Thank you. Nick, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and I, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Talk soon. For more from James, check out the James Altucher Show on the Stansberry Radio Network at stansberryradio.com and get yourself on the free insiders list today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.